Welcome to episode number 29 of the Speaking Podcast, and I'm your host, Roy Collin. introductory music, uh, compliments of uh, Pavel Volinsky, who was my uh, uh, guest recently, and uh, his episode will be launched in the next few weeks. This week, uh, I was speaking to Lech Kanuev, who has the founder of a company uh, that's currently worth 5 billion euro. And uh, Lech speaks about all different business but also he's a TEDx speaker so he'll talk about speaking as well as business ideas and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Hi this is Roy Collin of the Speaking Podcast and today I'm joined by Lech Kanyev. Yeah, Lech Kanyev, yeah. <laughs> Basically a serial entrepreneur I'm a class US so like normally what I do I don't do pre-scripted stuff or everything I prefer you to introduce yourself to the audience. All right yeah I think uh, serial entrepreneur is uh, probably the thing that describes me the best. Uh, I've done multiple businesses today. I, I have started and, and run uh, several companies uh, or I'm a big shareholder and, and engaged. Uh, so in total, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm in around 10 projects or 10 companies right now. Okay, very good, very good. <laughs> like, so it's the speaking podcast. and. Like I went to a, a workshop with you recently, but I'd like to know your journey before you got into the speaking. Were you like, what, what was it like for you? How did you get into speaking in public, basically? Yeah, so I've, uh, I, if I go back really, really uh, back in time, then uh, I've tested a lot of different projects and uh, kind of always been uh, from my DNA an entrepreneur. And uh, my role has never been any like a technical person or stuff like that so my role have always been this person that have had an idea and I have to pitch that idea to other people either to other people I wanted to co-found a business with or uh, to investors or I have a, a business a product a service I want to sell so in, in different kind of settings, I've always been the person that had to talk with other people. And, um, and, and being on stage has been something that kind of helped me also to, to promote uh, my businesses. And I, um, I found that that's a, that's a uh, yeah, thing, thing I like to do. And um, uh, with time, I've started to do more and more keynotes and and with everything which you get better on you kind of start to like like it <laughs> and uh, yeah that's that would be a very short description of my journey okay. and did you actually get lessons or did you go to any club for speaking or? well i uh, i've read a lot of books about public speaking and uh, also describing ted talks uh, so talk like ted is one of the books i've, I've read which is very interesting it kind of uh, dissects the different talks in, in elements and describes why it is good. 
Uh, I've actually done a TEDx talk myself, so that was also a, a learning journey, kind of uh, understanding that a little bit more. And uh, like one year ago, I started also to take mentorship, like lessons from a professional speaker, how to do my own uh, keynotes, because I wanted to do my keynotes more professionally. So I invested in, in, in being a better speaker. And that learned me a lot, like just understanding how you construct your, uh, your whole speech uh, from the beginning uh, till the end and, and, and meanwhile and what like even wordings, how these different wordings can actually uh, have an impact on how the, the people in the audience feel. That is obviously, I'm not a professional speaker, so uh, I thought that was a good lesson to have and I've understood it more. but. In the end, I think the best lesson I've learned is that you have to be yourself and talk about stuff you love. Yes. And then, then that's when you are at your peak. Exactly. exactly. And because uh, I've seen the TEDx. So how did you prepare for that? Because that's like 18 minutes is the, the time that you're on stage. So yeah. how was the preparation and how you did it? I think that was the hardest thing with the TEDx talk, actually, that it was constrained. Uh, they had also quite a lot of mentorship during uh, like the, the preparation of the TEDx talk. So I got a lot of support from, from the org organization. Um, and uh, it was quite a lot of work, actually. Uh, I, I don't know if I've worked on any speech that much as with the TEDx talk. First, it was kind of a draft of what I wanted to tell the audience. So, so I kind of had a first draft and uh, I, uh, I've recorded the draft. I, I've written it down and, and shared it with, with uh, the people from TEDx. And they got, well, they came back with feedback and, and uh, uh, we worked on it from there. So working on it, like, you know, um, from how to begin and how to build an interest and how to uh, since I, I talked about different topics or different stories uh, and experiences from my life, I also had to make good transition from one story to another. So people kind of didn't get tired or kind of felt the uh, uh, cohesion story or, or thread throughout yes. the whole thing. Yeah. So so it was quite a lot of work. But when I came to have, like the final part was actually written so I've I, I talked I shared uh, the stories and we wrote it down and then out of the written uh, version I started to learn uh, learn the, the whole keynote uh, which was a different experience because I've always talked more out of my head rather than than uh, learning a, a speech but um, yeah uh, it was it was a good experience. <laughs> and how did you feel actually when you were doing? So you had the whole lot. You practiced it. Like how many times approximately would you have to have to rehearse it? Uh, oh wow! Uh, I I don't remember how many times I actually rehearsed, but uh, I think uh, I I probably spent a whole week, like forty hours, uh, right. on it in total, yeah, like yeah. with the preparation. It was very stressful. Uh, I've, <laughs> I, I think all, maybe it was due to the pressure also from TEDx that they, they also are very keen or, or uh, they, they really want everyone to be very professional in their speech. So 
Um, so I also wanted to make that uh, really good speech. So um, so the pressure was quite high, uh, but um, yeah. So so that I, I think I spent probably like forty hours preparing for for the speech. And how many times I I I did the speech? Uh, more than hundred probably. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, it was a lot of work. And like you said, you do keynotes. How long would the keynotes be typically that you're doing? So uh, most of the times I actually share my experience of how I started my journey with uh, being a young entrepreneur, trying out different businesses and how I ended up building uh, or co-founding what became Delivery Hero, which is now worth more than $5 billion. Um, and uh, so I, I talk a lot about my story and, and different experiences. So usually it's around 30, 45 minutes. And, and then there's a Q&A session afterwards. But what I've found is that actually the best presentation I do is when I actually have a shorter presentation, so maximum 30 minutes, and then I have a Q&A. And I think we also met on a Q&A I did in yeah. Wuchin Sky Hub. Exactly. And uh, I don't remember really how long it was, but it probably was over one. Two, it was over two hours. It because two, it was yeah. supposed to be for two, but you were actually there for two and a half. And yeah. I was impressed because yeah. you, you got everyone's attention. Yeah. And like the beauty is with your knowledge, you were able to answer everything. Yeah. And, and that, was, uh, that was amazing. I mean, uh, and I, I don't think no one left like everyone so it was uh, yeah it was a big success <laughs> yeah, well, that was, I, like i learned a lot from that and i mean i i've been involved in maybe 20 companies and i was learning from that i was okay. taking plenty of notes and <laughs> i could see even afterwards the people queuing up with their questions and everything and yeah yeah that's uh, i'm really happy to hear that yeah but but i think you get a lot of pleasure from that by actually kind of because you know that's kind of like you know, kind of more charity than anything. You're there, you're giving yeah. mentorship towards people. and Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think that's actually the, the thing I, I, I like with it as well. So I, I can share my experience and, and, and when people have value out of it, I'm super happy. Like, I'm, I'm, it's difficult to um, like explain the feeling, but uh, I, I feel that I've done something really good. Like if someone can get something and, and it helps them in their journey, uh, that's super... I'm so happy then. I, I, I mean, I, I so, so doing keynotes and especially for, for young people, I, for, for really like schools, I, I tend to do a lot of keynotes for free, totally mm -hmm. for free. Uh, and that's because I, I, I want to share with them so they start to be entrepreneurial. And uh, writing my book is also kind of like how I want to spread the ideas and, and, and spread, uh, you know, the knowledge and, and to, to be yeah, kind of, you know, doing keynotes, you, you can reach just that many yeah? mm. by, by, uh, by writing a book and, and distributing a book that then you can start to reach a broader audience. So um, and that makes me really happy when people uh, write to me back and they say that they found stuff very valuable in the book or yeah they saw me on a keynote doing keynote and, and they also got some value out of it so it's it's very satisfying excellent and the, the book what's the name of the book uh, it's only in Polish yet uh, we'll translate it to English this year uh, it's called Shiwa Pendo so if I would translate it to English it would be the power of momentum 
And it, it, it's divided in three parts. The first part is uh, kind of an autobiography on the entrepreneurial journey <clears throat> I had. And um, the second part is uh, like 14, 14 different things that comes up very often when I talk with entrepreneurs uh, about different difficult things when you when you're scaling or when you're uh, doing a business. So everything from product development to, to scaling, to hiring, to firing, to meeting investors. Uh, so 14 different topics that I, I've like extracted my uh, experience and, and uh, written, in it, written down in the second part. And the third part is a um, story that shows what can happen or kind of, you know, backstage, uh, how different things can play out uh, when you have built up a huge company, but you have also taken in a lot of investors. So, uh, and you've diluted yourself. So basically you're, you are a founder, uh, but you are only a, a minority shareholder. And you start to have investors that has their own agenda. And when these two agendas start to mismatch, uh, then things happen, you know. And uh, and the third part in the book describes the situation where where the investors wanted to do one thing, and uh, uh, and and we had to manage that situation. So it's a very difficult experience that I that I I am describing. And actually, the the the. It ends with me actually uh, telling Deliver Hero that I, I've done my job in the company and it's time for me to leave. So that's what, what, what the book ends with, uh, showing a little bit, as mentioned, the backstage of what, what can happen. And uh, yeah, and th this book is, is um, uh, but, but the book shows a lot of how I've actually made a lot of success. And, and my recipe on it and the recipe is building up momentum basically so not to plan too much not to dream about your ideas but actually very quickly just start with anything mm. and and uh, the recipe is basically that all plans or budgets everything will mismatch with reality so why spend too much time on, on, on those things we need to just start and do and whatever because if we just start with doing things, then we will very quickly see that uh, what next step we need to do, and then the next step and the next step. So basically building up the momentum. And if you build it up uh, really a lot, then even problems that you will have uh, will not be enough to stop you. I'm looking forward to the English version because unfortunately my Polish isn't good enough to, it would take too long for me to read it, I'd be you know, looking up the words. I'll let you know. But I've got a lot of Polish listeners so I'd encourage them to. And I think it's actually great too that you know, you're helping the startups because a lot of the things you've said like diluting, some people don't realise you know, when they've got this, you know, sometimes just to get in a small bit of money they're giving away control of their company. Yeah. And I think even whether it's the book or getting the mentorship or just going to your, you know, when you're doing an event, yeah. they get valuable knowledge. Yeah. And I think that is actually one of the most valuable lessons I've learned. And one thing that a lot of startup people don't understand yet. And I, I hope that many uh, kind of get that lesson quick enough. Uh, so people think that they, they need to scale a lot and they, they want to... Uh, get investors and uh, but they what they don't understand is that 
investors have a different agenda. And me getting the money to scale my business uh, might actually be kind of the end of my journey because um, yeah, the, it, it's it, when you have your business, you have a longer perspective. Uh, it's, it's your life. But for the investor, you're only a portfolio company. And, and he has also an investment horizon, which is like five, maximum 10 years, if you're lucky, which means that both our view of the project and the time horizon are completely different. And it's just a matter of a couple of years, actually, when, when these two uh, will start to mismatch more and more. So, um, and, and if you start to get investors, they want to have a big growth company, so you will have to uh, inject more, com- uh, more money, so you'll dilute yourself even more. So you kind of go into a journey which is kind of one-way ticket. That makes sense. I, I've seen plenty of times where they'll give the first stage knowing yeah. that you need more. Yeah. They won't really help you. Yeah. They just let you, once they see it's a good business, maybe with a patent or whatever, yeah. and they let you just burn it out, and then they'll go, oh, we can help you. Let's all put in X amount. Oh, you don't have it. You're being diluted, and before you know it, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. It's, your baby's gone. Yeah. <laughs> You're left with the dummy. Or, or, or your baby has actually become a, a teenager and it needs to move out of home, you know? <laughs> and hopefully that, that's the best uh, scenario, obviously. So for me, delivery here was this late teenager that needed to cut, you know, cut loose from parents and <laughs> go on for its own. Like with me, because I've had a, I've had no, nothing near the size of the businesses that you've had, but you know I've had some some that I've sold, some that didn't work out. But like now, I'm looking as I'm starting something. The exit strategy. Do you do the same, or what's your kind of how you approach a new business these days? Mm, I've started. Uh, I think the last three businesses I've started, all are uh, with the time horizon of me being involved for the next 40 years because if i'm 36 uh, I, I think i will still be active uh, till i'm 70 something so basically like, i have 40 years left of my uh, active um, business life and uh, i don't want to see projects i don't want to start projects with having the end in my mind Mm -hmm. so I don't want to think about an exit before I even have started a company so I I'm more open to my companies like starting it and then having a try and then just you know see if I'm on the right path for for the right I know customer segments or in the right market and if it's right or not then I'll see and then maybe if I'm a little bit wrong I need to adjust and, and you know kind of find my way on them uh, and my place uh, in the market so then I just need to to adjust but the thinking is to be very very long term mm-hmm. and um, with uh, with my real estate company I'm actually thinking of uh, uh, at the end of, of my uh, time, uh, I will probably turn that into um, a vehicle that will actually start to pay dividends for uh, for something good. So um, I, I don't know yet for what, and maybe it will be for a better environment, maybe it will give dividends to different uh, other 
um, charity uh, foundations uh, maybe it will be directed to, to something but I, I don't know yet but uh, my target is to actually give uh, 100 million slotties to charity and I think that will be the vehicle that will uh, do that. Excellent. Oh, I like that because that's one of the questions I ask people is just like what are you doing to the world to make it a better place? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, so, so that, that's, that's one thing actually. So so I, I want to give at least 100 million uh, to, to charity or to something good. That is one part. Uh, what I'm thinking of also in the businesses I'm in, I'm trying to think about doing good, good things. Uh, and I like also investments. Uh, so one of my recent investments is in a company, a Swedish company called Sunroof. And it's a company that builds roofs out of solar panels. So, so the, the roof is actually solar panels. So it's a different technology of building. Uh, it's a competition with Elon Musk. And that's a business I really like because it's um, something that we need to do in the future or we need to do it right now to switch from coal energy to, to, to renewable energy. So that that's a very nice thing to invest in, I think, that uh, you, you kind of build a business that is actually good for the environment and for people. So that's the stuff I, I really like and would like to do more. So, so on your question would be that I try to invest in these things right now. And I also am, am thinking about how to uh, do something even bigger uh, to, to, to make this world a better place. But it's not so easy. Also, if you want to create some kind of vehicle that is here and give something for uh, for the environment or for, for people after I'm gone, uh, there's also a lot of implications and I'm trying to read up and look at case studies and stuff like uh, uh, the, the, the dead hand uh, of the donor. Uh, these things come, you know, uh, there are a lot of cases where a donor have created a foundation and he has said that I want to give this in this in this way mm-hmm. and then uh, I mean the, the 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 whole environment changes people change the society changes and, and shifts and have different priorities and and this donation and this direction can actually start to be something bad uh, even if the intention was good so there's a lot of cases and they call it the dead dead hand of the donor mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'm reading up and, and preparing. <laughs> Plus, I suppose you have to check into what kind of fund you do as well, because you know it's in a trust, and at yeah. the end of the day, there's people in control of that trust, and you have to make sure that they do it in exactly. an ethical way. Exactly. So, so you kind of want if you if you give one hundred dollars on something good, you kind of want the hundred dollars to actually uh, not be eaten by administration and, and stuff. Yeah. So. Because I'm uh, about to launch my book, and one of the parts is that I'm covering is charities, and I think they should be where everything is shown, mm. where they show yeah. all their costs. Because if, for example, I've got a cost of whether it's you know software development, or and you come in, you go, I can do it cheaper. Yeah. That's better for the charity. Yeah. Plus, for shown because I've seen some charities, there's like one percent actually goes to the charity. Yeah. It's all administration yeah. or it's wages for the top guys, and that's sad to see. Yeah. Yeah. It should be totally transparent. So. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And like, uh, just f- finalizing the when somebody's starting a, a company, they they have to pitch in front of people. Something yeah. similar you'd see it on Dragon's Den or the Shark Tank, or whether it's just locally. 
have you advice for people because like I know that when I'm talking one on one or in a group before now I'm okay on stage and everything so it wouldn't bother me but I know that say 10 years ago 5 years ago if I had to do that pitch I would crumble but yet I'd be probably the best person for implementing it so and I know that it's a lot of people are in similar situations so have you advice for what they could do to you know get I I think like, like we, we talked in the beginning of uh, to today that that um, actually when you when you have your business it's uh, pitching for investors it's pitching for partners it's pitching actually to uh, potential employees uh, like when when I uh, have a new company uh, you kind of, if you want to have someone to come to your company with just a startup and that person works in another company he knows that there's a huge risk you know leaving a corporate coming to you so you also need to pitch that person and sell your idea and vision uh, when you sell your your service you also need to pitch so pitching is something that is super important like that, that's that's something you really need to uh, get really good at and the only way to get good at it is to do it a lot yeah <laughs> and, uh, and and have, having that said you also have to remember that pitching to one employee one customer one investor it's not the only one like there's never just one investor there's like millions of people uh, you know prepared to invest or, or uh, buy your product and so on so you need to pitch and then if it went wrong just try to be better next time and uh, like you, you can feel the pitching to this investor is like the most pitch in, in in the world you have right now and probably it's very important but if you fail it's well, if you don't lie to that investor, if you just were bad at pitching, you can always come back. You know, if he doesn't get what you uh, what you're telling him, just prepare your pitch, like make it a little bit better and pitch again. Again, so so pitching, 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 like talking and, and presenting. That's that's something that uh, that that you need to do and just just talk. And uh, one advice regarding that is to think that or remember that everyone is a human being. I remember when I was really young and uh, someone t told me that you need to go to the, um, yeah, to, to one place to register the company. Uh, and I think this was the tax authority or something in Sweden. And I was so nervous, you know, I, I was scared to go there because I had some kind of, you know, in my mind, this picture of these people in this uh, place that are, they are horrific and if I sell, say something wrong, they will just eat me up, you know. And, um, and, and, and one person told me that, well, why are you scared? Like, they are also just people. And I've met a lot of super wealthy people, uh, investors, entrepreneurs, and everyone is just a person. Yeah, it's, uh, we all are human beings. So don't be afraid and pitch pitch to as many you can exactly well a lot of people they come to me because they know i've been involved in so many companies and what i tell them is pitch to the people you're sure won't give you the money <laughs> and then they because they don't want to give you the money they'll give you so many hard questions that you yeah. can go then to the next person that might and yeah. you know, arm yourself with it yeah i i found that uh, even when i'm quite uh, you know experienced that pitching to investors with a new idea they have a different angle they think about the, the product differently so actually my pitches uh, when i want an investor to a project 
uh, are the best after I've met like five or six different investors because I, I, I know what questions they ask and I can prepare. So uh, like the fifth pitch I do, they start to ask questions which five previous investors has already asked me. So I'm really prepared. And so they start to get really impressed. Uh, and remember also that uh, if I get interesting investors on board, I can always go back and say, hey, maybe you want to reconsider this because we, we are getting money from this and this investor, which are, you know, quite good investors. So maybe want to join anyway and I can, you know, answer your questions again or something. So that's good. And I, I'm not sure. I think you mentioned it the last time as well. Is sometimes, you know, we go to investors and then we realize they're not the right fit because it's not just about the money. You know, they might be ethical or, you know, you can see greed with some of them. Yeah. And, you know, people like, you know, you've come across that. Like there's times you kind of walk away because I've had a, a syndicate where, you know, there was a group and just one bad, bad egg and yeah. it ruins a cake. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, that, uh, I can confirm. Like you, you, you really need to choose your investors. Like if, if, we, if we're talking about investors, then be really careful about uh, who you're taking on board. It is more than money. It's, it's competence. Um, they should help you with things, and they should have a cultural fit, which is uh, closer to how you think about things. You don't want investors to start to, uh, you know, be in your board and start to tell you how you should run the business if if they think about running a business differently than than you, because then you really start <laughs> to have uh, problems. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's been fantastic. So how can people get in contact with you? So um, I'm doing mentorship from time to time in Skyhub in, in Watch. I do uh, keynotes from time to time. I think they can see it on uh, Instagram or, or my Facebook or LinkedIn uh, when I'm doing a, a, a speech somewhere. And uh, if they want to send me some email or something, they can go in on my webpage uh, lechkanyuk.com and uh yeah and and you can write anything there and i'll see if i can help perfect and i'll actually give uh, the link to the book as well so people will be able to see the book now. okay so thank, thank you, you very much thank you so i hope you enjoyed uh, all the information that lex shared with you um all episodes are different so be sure to go back to the start and listen you'll get different tips and tricks from each one You'll find us on speakingpodcast.com. We're also on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Speaking Podcast. And if you'd like to learn Polish, we've uh, started a, a new podcast, learnpolishpodcast.com. Uh, we would also appreciate if you could give us um, a, a positive rating on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to. And be sure to subscribe. So until next week, take care.